0: It is with great sadness that we announce the passing of Portman Architects Chairman and CEO, Jack Portman. He passed away on August 28th and has left family and friends both mourning his death and celebrating all that he achieved in life. We are excited to start this Portman Architects podcast to celebrate the hard work that Jack and all of his colleagues were doing worldwide. We are so thankful that we got a chance to record him in the very first episode, we decided the best way to honor Jack was to republish this inaugural episode of the podcast in its entirety, adding this brief introduction. Jack once said, the challenge of the architect is to do something that seems to belong where it is situated. Jack Portman was 71 years old. We will miss you, Jack. Here is the episode. Welcome to the Portman Architects Podcast, where we share the stories and informed insight of six-plus decades of architectural design and achievement. From being the first U.S. company on mainland China to creating a sense of place in their design approach, Portman Architects continues to push the architectural envelope. Portman Architects' team of experts are ready and willing to help move your next project from idea to completion. These podcasts deliver invaluable design strategy and industry insight directly to you. The Portman Architects Podcast, delivering great ideas one episode at a time. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Portman Architects Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Jack Portman, Chairman and CEO, Robert Halverson, President and COO and Managing Principal of Portman Architects, and Mark Zweig, Acting Director of Marketing. Without further delay, here's Mark Zweig. I'm so glad that you're, you've joined us today to kind of share a little bit about the future of Portman Architects and to, because you and Jack go way back, to to, to have a chance to chat with with us and to to interview Jack and get a little bit of
1: information out of him. So, Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, and uh, I I w- yes, I enjoy working with the Portman Architects people. They're some great people, and and as you said, Jack and I have had some good times in the past, and we we enjoy each other's company. So, it's great to be a part of the rebirth of this iconic company, um, Jack. And Rob, both, um, tell us a little bit about Portman Architects. What makes the company different today from what it was, say, three or five years ago?
2: Well, I think the primary difference is today Portman Architects is a company. It's a partnership of committed individuals uh, focused on building good architecture, meaningful architecture, rather than a company which was run as a sole proprietorship. My father started in 1953, Uh, he passed away three years ago. And in his last years of life, there was a transition where we brought in partners and gave more responsibility to these partners. So the change took place probably five years before he passed away. And today we're, we're rolling and going strong.
1: John John Portman, your dad obviously was a larger than life figure in in an icon of the architectural world what What do you see as your changes aside from the ownership um, over these last five years?
2: I think with him not involved uh, we are no longer focused on development we're only an architectural company. <laughs> And even though i have a background i'm involved in development my primary focus is is architecture and the running of portman architects um that development background and experience has been very meaningful to the way we look at projects and the way we deal with clients uh i think it helps us better understand their economic goals uh, what their, their, their aspirations may be in terms of, of image and product. but uh, at the end of the day, you know, we have to design for them what works from a, from a cultural point of view, from a financial point of view and from a design point of view.
1: Well, you are an architect yourself, so I know it's one of your passions, um, I think uh, I would think that your development background has to be a huge advantage out there compared to a lot of other design firms that have never been on the other side of the table.
2: Well, it, it particularly was a big advantage when I I took the company to China because I went there, I went to East Asia with the sole goal of trying to get architectural business in that part of the world. But as it worked out I ended up in Shanghai and an opportunity to be the developer of a 2 million square foot mixed use project, which we eventually put together. Uh, and that experience of having done that uh, made quite a, an impression on all of the budding developers in China at that time, which there were hardly any. So people would hire us and then ask us, what should we do? What should we design here? What should our program be? So we basically were telling everybody what to do, and they would do it. And it generally worked out very well for them.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's other- very interesting, doing that first project in China and just all the barriers and obstacles that must have been thrown in front of you. I mean, that's, that was pretty incredible. You were the first U.S. company in China to uh,
2: secure a, a building permit. That's That's correct. Well, uh, again, my only goal was to to do the architecture, and I was able to convince the the municipality of Shanghai to let us do the uh, architectural design for a hotel project on Nanjing Road. <clears throat> and they said, "Give me, give us four months to finance it, and then we want you to come back and design." Four months later, they call me up and say, "We can't finance it. Can you finance it?" <laughs> and you know, I. Quite taken aback because nobody had done this, uh, but I said, "Yeah, let's uh, let me come talk to you." So, to make it a very complicated situation simple, I was able to get the government of China to guarantee most of my debt. So, because you don't have you had no title land title, you had no way of securing debt there sure. except by corporate guarantee. So, by Shanghai taking the majority share of the of the guarantee obligation, that made a lot of lenders willing and able to to lend us the money to build the project.
1: That's blowing over an obstacle, a big obstacle. What, uh, what do you think makes Portman Architects so special or unique today?
3: Hey, Mark, what, what's interesting about that question is that um, what makes Portman Architects special is its people, and it always has been um, its people. Um, but what's also unique is kind of the dovetail on what your previous question was, is how do we take – our experiences, not only around the world, but working with our sister company in development through that history. And how do we share that with our other clients um, around the world when they say, we don't know how to do mixed use. We don't know how to put these different pieces together. You guys have done that elsewhere on large scale projects. Our project's too small. You're not interested. And we love that question because (laughs) we actually love to show how, Some of these complicated, little, intricate buildings can be absolutely fantastic.
1: And be seeds that that really create all kinds of future opportunities, I'm sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, we you know take a look at all these different projects, and and some people think and you know, oversimplify them, and we kind of remind them that there are some challenges when you stack four or five different programs on top of each other. And of course, it can be done, and there's some optimization that's that's involved in that. But but ultimately, we work for our clients. We are we team with our clients. We don't you know dictate to them unless um, that's what they're asking for. So you know, working and pairing and taking our experience and and creating something that's beyond just its kit of parts, you know, it's it's not just A plus B plus C. It's it's much more than that. Architecture and space and creating something that is iconic and unique is what we do, and that's why people hire us.
1: Yeah, and the big picture economics too. I'm sure is it.
3: Yeah, you know, it, there's there's a lot of lingo that's get thrown around by different developers, and you know, being involved with. Um, different sources and different people you get to learn what an adr is and what cap rates are and what kind of the first first money going in and coming out and all these different things that influence how projects are done um sure why is it why is it important that um you know hotels aren't being built right now well no one can underwrite it well what does that mean
2: exactly let me give you an example um we you know as i mentioned we designed shanghai center and it was up and running, and it was the most impactful, most successful financial real estate project in China at the time. An Indonesian client hired us and to do a project, uh, but he wanted his building covered in granite, which if he wants to do that, that's fine. Uh, but Shanghai Center, because it was one of the first buildings built there, the budget was very, very low, the buildings painted concrete. So we tried to take him there to see this project, uh, but he wouldn't go in because he didn't want to go into a building that was painted concrete. It wasn't good enough quality. So th- these are some of the things that we deal with, but from from an architectural point of view, from a development point of view, it really boils down to common sense. You spend your money where it's going to give you the best benefit. You don't have to spend it everywhere. Spend it where it counts. Yep. that's. I believe that's true. And you
1: guys have done a really amazing job with that. I mean, from the whole, creation of the atrium hotel design was a great example of the drama that you could create in a building that was affordable to build. What do you think you guys do better than any other design firm?
2: Uh, Communicate. But if you're looking for a product type, which is where I think your question was headed, it would have to be hotels and hotels. Hotel is a mixed-use development, you know, but it's mixed-use developments which we really thrive on. The so hotel becomes a very important component, you know, within that mixed-use development. becomes the heart and soul, and that's where most of the amenities are. And that's where you can create the most imaginative set, the most, you know, extraordinary spaces and experience for the customer. The whole mixed-use development doesn't have to be to that level but some portion of it does so that you have a varied sense of experience as you go through the complex. But hotels give us the most opportunity to be creative.
1: Well, what is happening, uh, guys, right now in the hospitality industry?
3: Well, what's interesting about the hospitality industry is obviously it's struggling right now. Um, but the design aesthetic and the hospitality nature, the service nature of um, hotels are carrying over through obviously other program types, office mixed use, and creating that sense of place, right? That you know, office spaces didn't have before. It was a bunch of cubes, exterior wall, corn shell. Be done, be as most efficient as you can. Nowadays, that transformative nature of creating unique places for people to touch down in all of these different areas is is kind of carrying over. But to answer your question more directly. What's happening in the hospitality market is how people are going to be using and interacting with people is going to change. Um, The ability to use technology to um, not have um, check-in personnel per se, but you may have a wall of, you know, someone's beautiful face to check you in. There's going to be different methodologies by which we actually interact with folks. But I am absolutely convinced that um the way of the future for all of these spaces is through design it's not through throwing up pieces of plastic or you know <laughs> certain things that are just additive um, you know the the ability to actually take certain challenges in society whatever it happens to be can be solved through a design problem that's what we do as architects and designers is solve problems you know i do think what what's fascinating about hospitality as our driver as our main kind of um talent if you will um public space and the interaction of people in public space is what architecture is all about that's the kind of genesis of why we do what we do but what's interesting about that to the next level is how do you then take that to the other components that create projects interior exterior public space it's not just a room in a building. Um, You know, those that think hotels are, is, you know, it's a door and a lock and and you're done in a bathroom is far away from what we do. um, (laughs) That's why (laughs) so many of your
1: buildings have been featured in various movies and films. Um, It's, uh, you know, I, I think you probably have more of them out there than, uh, than anybody. These movie producers realize that they, you know, the great quality of these spaces. So they're so often used in film. I find that there
2: was a, there was a film made about uh, movies done in Portland buildings, but it's done from a very interesting perspective. <laughs> it was done from the point of view of the art director. Why did he pick this building? What was he trying to accomplish by picking this building? And they interviewed, you know, f- you know, uh, from high anxiety, you know, at the Mer- <laughs> at the Hyatt in uh, San Francisco, Uh, to the Denzel Washington film when he crashed the plane in Atlanta. Um, So they talk about why they picked this, which is exactly the reasons why we designed it that way. It's called Portman
1: Inspires Hollywood. That's interesting. (laughs) I've never seen that. I need to check that out. I love the the John Portman uh, movie, Life of Building. I think that's a fantastic Mm -hmm. film. And I think it's very inspirational to young people. So I try to show it to all my students when I do teach architecture classes. Um, so tell me, what do you guys see as the future for Portman Architects?
2: I think the future is right now in a very you know uncertain state. Um, I think regardless of how it evolves, I, I think Rob's point about you know the you can design. Solutions to solve, you know, society's problems as they relate to how people want to live and interact. Uh, that's going to be a driving force, no matter what type of buildings we do. However, I think there's going to be a fundamental change in the way people use office space. Uh, and we did a building for with Georgia Tech called Coda in Atlanta. Uh, that is a different kind of office concept, where it's not just a Class A office building where you have floors, elevators, a lobby. But every three floors has a, an atrium space that serves as the living room for all of those people on those floors. So it's function as a cooperative, intermingling, you know, mind-sparking, idea-sparking place. Uh, so office in the future is going to be more interactive with everybody there because it's with that kind of interaction that ideas grow, not some some guy like you know edison sitting in a closet somewhere and inventing something yeah so yeah. that is a new product type you know the atrium hotel is a new product type. i love it so yeah. we're looking for ways in which to do the old stereotype in a fresh new more vibrant way well i'm sure that's a fantastic uh, building i've seen
1: pictures i haven't been in it but uh looks amazing Well, anything else that you guys want to talk about that we can include today that you think is important for our listeners to know?
2: I think uh, the structure of our company uh, is somewhat of a partnership. And we have – the thing that I'm most excited about is the young people who are working in our office. We have some extraordinary talent you know, the, the, the abilities uh, and the skill level that they come out of college with today is is really remarkable. And we've been very successful in attracting some of the best people there there is. And that gives me great uh, enthusiastic and hope for our future. Well, young people in this business profession,
1: they want to do good projects. And I think you guys have done some amazing ones.
3: Yeah, Mark, I refer to them as our five percenters. I'm sure, I'm sure I've told you the story before where every firm around the country has their top five percent. And our firm is made up of all the five percenters. So 95 <laughs> percent so of the firm can work for somewhere else. We only want the, the best of the best. And um, through that collaboration, we, we find that if you have that kind of talent, you're playing a different game. So instead of your second and third stringers, you can't throw that long pass because you can't run there fast enough. All of our guys are so in gals, are so good that we can then take it to the next level. So that's what we enjoy coming to work every day and just seeing what's going to happen. It's just. We never, you can't predict, oh, I, I know what so-and-so is going to do today. You, you don't. You just really don't, which is great. It's exciting.
1: Well, you have such a diverse staff, too, in terms of where the people have come from and, and all. It's uh, it's fascinating to see that. And I think that adds to the creativity. Is there anything else, gentlemen, that you would like to talk about today?
2: No, I think, uh, I think that covers it for now. All right. All right. We'll, we'll be back. Well, hey, Jack, Rob.
1: We really appreciate your time today.
0: Thanks a lot, Mark. The first ever episode of the Portman Architects Podcast. Jack Portman, Rob Halverson, and Mark Zweig bringing it to you. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we want you to tune in on a regular basis for the Portman Architects Podcast. We're not quite sure how many episodes we will do or what the frequency will be, but we do know that we're going to bring you time-tested, time-honored, quality podcast material on a regular basis. And uh, we hope that you tune in wherever you listen to your podcast Spotify, Apple, doesn't matter. Check us out, Portman Architects Podcast. We will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Portman Architects Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and you learned a bit more about how we use teamwork and architectural design to solve your problems. Be sure to check us out online at www.portmanarchitects.com.